Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 274 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez. Who else is here in the ethereal, wondrous Tyler Wilde Memorial Studio with me? Hey, riches of embarrassment, Chris Antista. And pin me, pay me, Matthew Allen. And special guest... It's your rich uncle, T.L. Foster. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I left you, you open to be able to say every man has his price, and you didn't take it, T.L. <laughs> no, I didn't. I zigged when you zagged. <laughs> it's, or in wrestling terms, you gave me a swerve. You swerved I did, me. brother. <laughs> no, no, don't, don't do that. Well, we're all cash money millionaires on this podcast because we're talking about what treasure-themed bosses... Or money-themed bosses, really. I mean, isn't all money treasure, really? I mean, aren't aren't dollar bills just stand-ins for sparkling gold and purple jewels? However, that works. I don't all know. money is treasure. What but color? Not all jewels? treasure is money, right? Uh, right. You've never seen Nathan Drake walking around a museum looking at everything he's collected. Well, you see him walking around his attic. It's like, look at all these priceless antiquities I've hoarded. Yeah. I'm going to shoot darts at him. Maybe you didn't get to the end, the final scene of uh, Uncharted Four. Then. <laughs> True. I'm going to wait for these to get all mildewed and leave them my children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did, did anybody see that 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 Nathan Fillion Uncharted I movie? Did. I did. I did. I was, did not. I, mean, he, I saw some of it. He is my Nathan Drake, as always was. But the thing that's unfortunate, because it's a fan film, I mean, and it's done really well for a fan film, but it's still very clearly a fan film, like you know, some including the casting of Nathan Fillion. Jesus, how did he do that? <laughs> but I thought he, I thought he produced it. I thought this was like an actual Nathan Fillion production. Oh no, shit! That's yeah, to possible. show that he can play that character. Yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, I'm not too old, guys. Guys, mm-hmm. I'm not too old. This is his version of uh, Sean Young showing up in a, a garbage bag Catwoman outfit, but with much <laughs> higher production values. <laughs> Nathan Fillion's been yelling he's not too old since people were vying to get him cast as Captain America 10 years ago. Wow. So have you been saying I'm not too old for 10 years now? You're too old. Ah, and you, you just brought up on a previous 302010 when he made his, was it his film debut in Saving Private Ryan? Yeah, I think so. Is The Wrong Ryan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That yeah. was a great scene. <laughs> the movie is crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's weird to go back and watch these blockbusters from the 90s like, oh, man, that guy's huge now. Well, I know especially who that is. everybody saving and saving Private Ryan. It's like the introduction Absolutely. of like Vin Diesel, Giovanni Ribisi, Adam Goldberg, mm-hmm. Ted Danson. I believe it launched him into stardom. Mm. Mm. Yes, that <laughs> that's <laughs> what launched them. <laughs> Up and comer and introducing Ted Danson. Uh-huh. It was that, and then the Good Place launched Tom Sizemore into a much better coke habit to a higher echelon of sex tape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now he can get he can get Playboy models instead of just like hustler models. Uh, after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope children got that reference. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if this is apropos of anything other than just like I, I have a few memories from my youth Our of Patreon like endeavors. I, sure, yeah, okay. The money, yeah, okay. Patreon we're we're talking about money time? in an attempt to get you to. Fork up more money, so that fork up is that a phrase? Fork over, fork, fork, fork over, fork yeah. out, fork out, pungle up. I think that's a word. Uh, <laughs> I, I played that game, anyway, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we we are trying to launch a few new shows. We are very close to reaching a Patreon goal that would let us do a spoiler cast every month and a bigger community show where we go into more depth on the question of the week answers and then we're also looking into possibly doing a dungeons and dragons uh cast where we play on mic and hopefully edit out the very boring bits where we 
argue about rules. Yeah. Because okay. that's inevitable. As of this recording, we're we're very close. Like you said, we're only a few hundred dollars away. So you can make it happen. Go to patreon.com slash laser time. Mm-hmm. Art. And you know who has plenty of money to spare? The bosses that we're going to talk about in this week's top five, which are uh, all themed around treasure. Whether it's bank vaults or money or gold or Mm. jewels Mm. or whatever, some of them are literally made out of it. And we'll get into those right after this. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the laser time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first and receive an uncut weekly ad free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. But there, and then, um, somebody just randomly wanted to have a, um, cannibal movie feature, a double feature. So they brought like all their friends made like cupcakes with like, body parts on uh-huh. them and like to camel the musical <laughs> and raw you know so it was they just felt like i it. remember it somebody for their birthday i uh, showed the blu-ray hd version of uh necromantic yeah oh my and god. invited god. all their friends what out is necromantic <laughs> and, oh my god it's a german horror oh film where god. a chick fucks a corpse it's like the whole movie is about her fucking yeah, a corpse that pretty is, much and there's a sequel too dude. but uh yeah hey come <laughs> rent it at cap city video lounge we have both of them oh my god <laughs> But I just thought it was so great. You know, she brings all her friends. And they're like, oh, I don't know what this movie is. It and was then you had people blast. you had people coming out during the movie just to catch their breath. They're like, I don't know. Truly, like, like I mean, multiple people and just I mean, like, this like my friend, their minds but, oh, in there. Oh, man, I got to go outside and have a smoke break. This movie's horrifying. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And we're back with what, Chris? Uh, buddy. Patreon. Uh, bosses. <laughs> the, yes. Uh, Treasure-themed bosses. Exactly. Yeah. So let's just jump in with this guy. Number five. Those in power work the ones below them to the bone for money. Such is the hierarchy of the world. Just accept your fate as a source of my wealth. That guy's really arrogant. Trav, you might have played this game recently. Any Any memory? I absolutely know who that is. That is Kaneshiro. Uh, uh, yeah, yes. Uh, yeah, it's Kaneshiro from Persona 5. One of my favorite games. Is it uh, Junya Kaneshiro? He's he's like a mafia boss. Or like a low-level guy, loan shark. Like a bunch of people in Tokyo owe him money. So like the class president takes it upon herself to go and confront him. And he just like, I'm just going to take a picture of you in my club. And uh, now if you don't give me millions of yen, I'm going to publish this. Uh, you got 30 days to come up with this ridiculous amount of money as high schoolers. Yeah, yeah millions. That's like, what, $1,000? Millions of yen? Yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's something like close to hundred, like $10,000, what he asks you oh, for. Oh, I was just joking. I, I, don't, I don't really know the conversion. Yeah, no, it's 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 a really... He's a really cool, like, boss, because his whole, his whole dungeon or castle or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it's called... Um, it's just a giant bank, and like it's such a it's a, supposed to be a metaphor of like how greed and excess, and like this guy is is using these people as ATMs, um, and it's a really cool bank. And his boss fight, like it only does fight you with money. He looks like Baxter Stockman from the old Ninja Turtles cartoons, a human fly, yes, complete with like the weird hand rubbing motions. <laughs> and he has a once you beat on him enough, he calls in his gigantic mech. <laughs> A pig? Hey, a pig, yo! This is my time! Why follow the planet of Megadon? 
He doesn't just call in a mech. He yeah. calls in, it's the main safe in the building, mm-hmm. turns into a mech called Piggy Tron. Yeah, it's, it's a, piggy a giant bank. piggy bank. <laughs> and as a, a pig, he has like two big attacks that you have to watch out for. The first is he'll turn it into a ball, jump on top of it, and start rolling it. And uh, when that happens, you need to basically throw everything you've got at him so that he falls off and it rolls over him instead of all over you. There's also an attack where the pig will uh, jump into the air, turn around, open uh, a roughly anus-located hatch, and do this. He farts fear gas all over you. It's just a bad scene. It's a very... It's a very interesting and I think fun fight from this is so this is the third uh, castle that you do um, and it's kind of it's kind of really interesting because it's the first time where you don't have like this emotional attachment to this villain because none of your party members like other than Makoto who, who got tricked by uh, Kaneshiro like none of your other like there's no emotional attachment to this character so it's not like the last two uh, boss files were oh hey I don't I don't know if we should do this and then you're overcoming it mm. no this was just like hey no this is like the first time we actually have a real bad guy to take down it's a really really fun fight it's also the first time that they uh, do like their their self-pitying shtick like oh I didn't have any choice but to do this and you're like completely unsympathetic I went through shit until I crawled my way out of the dregs now it's my turn to profit on everyone else like, yeah, nah. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh no, I earned this money by taking advantage of fools. It's their fault. Like, yeah, it's not a real sympathetic argument. Right. So unless, unless you're working for a casino, which I don't really understand any other justification for that existing. Yeah. And then there's a casino palace later in the game, so. Yes. And that's yeah. really cool. Which you can go to until your cat tells you you're past curfew. Yeah. I also love that he looks like the mix between like Pugsley and Montana Max. Like he's supposed to like this Japanese thug, but he, he absolutely does not. When when you defeat him also like a bunch of giant gold bars fly out of the pig and he flops over on top of them and starts hugging them and crying. And it's just uh, you're just pathetic. He's just super attached to this money, but can he be as attached as something that is literally made out of it? Number four Uh, the bus music and the whipping sounds might be a big clue there. Absolutely sounds familiar, but I cannot mm-hmm. place it. This is the Zapfbat from mm. Super Castlevania 4, which I, I don't know why it's named after a font, uh, <laughs> but it's at the end of what I think is like one of the coolest levels in Castlevania, which is level 9. It's like the treasure hoard, and it's full of like these open treasure chests that you walk on top of, and they'll like treasures will pop out as you're doing so. You get that that great sort of sound quality of like empty wine glasses clinking up against each other, but that that's like the treasure noise in or flying at 4. you when you discuss what a man is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is a man? <laughs> clink, clink, clink. Yeah, the the Zapfabat is like showing off the particle effects that they could do with sprites on the Super Nintendo. Because it is made out of a bunch of tiny little gold coins and gems and things and just forms into the typical giant bat. 
And at that point, it behaves like any other giant bat in a Castlevania game. And that uh, it floats around, you avoid it, you whip it a bunch of times, and then uh, it splits into smaller bats and dies. Mm. Yep. Science checks out. I remember the scene from The Great Outdoors. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the bats Badly split into not. other bats and die? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Then yeah. they shot a bear and made it bald. I don't I don't. Know. Yeah. John Candy and Dan Aykroyd trapped it with a broom. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then spent the rest of the time this underwhelming movie that we've all been forced to see from, purely by living through the 80s and 90s. Yep, yep. yep. It was it, part of the great canon of... Uh, yeah, I'd hear kids talk about it at school, going, uh, you know what hot dogs are made out of? Lips and it's asshole. An asshole. Yes, yeah. yes, that is. Oh, you should see The Great Outdoors. Oh, see The Great Outdoors. It's in The Great yeah. Outdoors. You haven't seen it? You know what I hate is pop culture things that have talking raccoons. Boy, I tell you what. It's the worst. <laughs> it's the fucking worst. People who do that should die. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> as long as we're on this Castlevania e-kick. Number three. I say Castlevania E-Kick, but this is a very recent game. Any guesses? Uh, that would be Bloodstain, Curse of the Moon. Yes. Wow, okay. So there, this is a boss named Valifor. You, you fall into this giant treasure pit, and the gold coins start floating up and forming into this kind of steampunk magician-looking dude uh, who floats in the background his torso is just made up of like these gold coins that are constantly falling off of him. And he has two main attacks, one of which is he manifests like gigantic stacks of gold coins and pushes them across the room, at which point you have to kind of try and uh, smash through them to create steps. Yeah, I, just realizing like a lot of bosses in that game just sort of push things across the screen, don't they? It's well, almost the first like, one does. Yeah, it's almost like, hey, step one here to hit me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is going to smash you, but if you hop on top of it, you might be able to bop me in the head. And then he has a, a ground slam that uh, sends up waves of coins that can send you flying. And he just giggles a lot. As you do. I'm mostly curious because I didn't play this. Is this was this worthwhile checking out? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's like a really good sequel to Castlevania Three, where you have these four different characters that you can swap between, and they all. If you played Castlevania Three, they do more or less what you think they do. There's one who's like a Belmont who's got a whip and can slide under things. There's another one who has a sword who's a little bit more like a traditional Simon Belmont. There's not really like a Grant Dynasty character that can climb on walls, but there is an alchemist who's kind of like the Cypher Belnades. He can summon up uh, magic spells, and one, including one that's like the uh, Firewheel from Ninja Gaiden, where it's just a bunch of fireballs rotating around him. There's an Alucard standing who can throw fireballs and turn into a bat, and I think he's the villain in the main Bloodstained game. Mm. So, yeah. I yeah. mean, a lot of these attacks you're talking about 
I feel like are sort of tropey with this particular, like, the boss made of treasure. And it just makes me sort of wonder, like, where did this trope even come from? Like, we were we were talking off mic earlier, like, we've seen it recently in things like Moana, where you had, like, the mm-hmm. Shani, that guy. Or yeah. or even, like, I was watching the recent season of uh, Steven Universe, and, like, the, the big baddies there are the diamonds, right? So these are, like, literally mm-hmm. gems that are the most valuable uh, gems out there are the biggest baddies. So... But where did like the treasure boss come from? I think it's it's to symbolize the entrapment of greed. That yeah. uh, it's something to tempt the heroes with, and then like, oh no, it's actually a monster yeah. made of treasure. And it almost sounds to me like some like nineteen twenties, thirties depression era stuff of like, hey, we're fighting back against the rich people holding us down. Like mm-hmm. like like Wizard of Oz, where it's like, hey, the, follow the yellow brick roll, the whole thing tied to gold and all mm-hmm. that. Like it could easily have some of those trappings. Although that's even weirder, because then you get into the late nineteenth century. Uh, no, we need to the 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 gold standard is a fool's errand. We need to adopt the silver standard, and that's really what this magical book was about. <laughs> yes. Sorry, we but, just got really esoteric there. Didn't uh, we? <laughs> the word is derailed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, Bloodstain, uh, Curse of the Moon, absolutely worth checking out, even though it's just sort of like this retro side game that came out of the development of a much larger enterprise. Mm-hmm. I um, mean, if if that was the game that was being kickstarted, I would have been fine. It's 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 a, ten, it's a $10 really good Castlevania game when there hasn't been any good Castlevania games in like seven years? Yeah. At and, least. And, yeah, and even then, not for like a, not for a, a console, not for anything but a portable. Right. This is this is yeah. a good this it reminds me of the good portable Castlevania games and I, I really do love it I I love playing Bloodstain it's a really good game yeah it's one of those things I was like I've been meaning to pick up on Switch and I just keep forgetting and just to drive home the uh, greed is a trap aspect when you when you kill this guy uh, it's revealed that the massive treasure hoard you are in is actually a massive pile of skulls and bones. It's a mass grave, and it's gross. Mm. But hey, you won the level, so hooray. Um, <laughs> of course. And speaking of the entrapment of greed... Number two. Any uh, guesses on what well, this is? When you said the entrapment of greed, I thought you were going to play us some like Russian tapes for from the Trump the stuff, you know. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to play a clip of Full Metal Alchemist, and I was going to say I'm on the wrong show. Oh. <laughs> um, well, did anybody recognize that sound clip at all? So that that is from the Binding of Isaac, and the oh, boss hmm. is literally greed. Yeah. Uh, in this case, ultra greed, because there's there's greed. Who's the, also the shopkeeper? There's mm-hmm. Super Greed, who's like a, a yeah. beefed up version of that, and then there's Ultra Greed, who is the final boss at the end of Greed Mode, which was <laughs> added in the um, Afterbirth expansion, coming soon to the next WWE 2K game as yes. well. Greed Mode. So, <clears throat> Greed is a giant gray corpse who's hanging from the ceiling and uh, unties himself and starts stomping around. He is apparently the only enemy who, when he walks uh, to the north. You, he, you can see his back, and uh, he has uh, very clearly formed buttocks. So it's it's a giant, gray, naked baby corpse that's stomping around Ooh. and is very angry at you. And uh, will do things like roar and, and make coins fall from the ceiling.
Don't touch the coins. They're dangerous. Of course. Yeah, of course. Um, and then when you when you beat him, finally, uh, he turns into a gold statue with a shriek. That's like a little bit of a reversal. You would think that would be the opposite. Like when you fight him, he's the gold statue. And then when you beat him, it shows, oh, he's just this shriveled gray cor- corpse of a thing. But instead, yeah, they do. The you'd think so. But yeah, he, he turns to gold. He gives you treasures. And that's at the end of uh, Greed Mode is, is sort of like an arena mode where you're just like, mm. go into this room, hit a button, fight waves of monsters. And then now you could take a break and go into another room, get items, go back, fight some more waves. And uh yeah, Greed shows up at the end of that, and then in the uh, the Afterbirth Plus version of uh, Binding of Isaac, there is a greedier mode, and in this mode, when Greed turns into the golden statue at the end, that is actually only the beginning, because he breaks loose immediately. And then you gotta fight a Greed made of gold who has a new set of attacks, and it spins around showing off his ass and throwing coins everywhere and he turns it into a bullet hell crazy stomp ass thing uh, I'm getting inarticulate <laughs> I'm seeing a great of a character with uh, the stupid sexy Flanders Simpsons moment <laughs> yeah. yeah there's a bit of that there's a bit of that uh, did anyone play Binding of Isaac like, I did all? I played it right when it came out uh, because I was super excited for it but then whenever I hear about it it's like Man, that was five years ago, and all these hmm. other things have happened that I don't know anything about. But I yeah, love that, I think my problem is it's a bit like uh, like Shovel Knight, the which version of Binding of Isaac, right? Because it is, it feels like there's been maybe two actual games, but there have been like ten versions of the game, and so I'm hmm. like, well, I can't really say that I have played it at this point. Like I've, I played maybe some small subsection of some part Binding of the game. Binding of Isaac is all kind of the same. It just changes what's in this what it's all of it's randomly generated so it's different every time yeah i know it has an immense following but i i don't know like what if zelda but also bullet hell but also yeah. roguelike just I, somehow that just never clicked with me mm. like that whole formula mm. I'm, I'm just one of those people who like when i die in a game i like to continue i don't like to start at the very beginning with nothing again yeah i think my time went more toward enter the gungeon with that mm. style of game the bullet yeah, hell yeah, roguelike yeah. which Probably now that I think about it, might even have. There's probably some money boss in there that I haven't thought of. But oh yeah, probably <laughs> not made out of bullets or guns. Can't be in the game. Oh well, oh, well, that's you right. know, then then that means Dave Rudden is somewhere going apoplectic, like just a big <laughs> vein pulsing on his forehead. It's like you're not talking about that guy. It's made out of bullets and also money. It's it probably like a, a stretch gun. to try and imagine Dave Rudden like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, Dave. Dave would never speak in that voice. <laughs> Dave became Toad suddenly. How yes. come you're not talking about that guy? <laughs> hey, get the fuck out of my way, Mario! <laughs> anyway, uh, this has been a pretty quick top five, but we've already arrived at and this is my personal favorite. What seemed like a sale was actually a deadly disguise for a mass murder by store manager Donald Cashman, who freaked out after a run of bad business. He killed all of the customers and stole their money and valuables in his warped mind. In his warped mind, he figured they owed it to him since he couldn't make enough money in sales. Uh, pay attention to the fact that the announcer stumbled and started again, and they left it in. Ask. I was like, wait, did I mishear that? <laughs> that sounds like, hey, was that one of our podcasts? <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah, it sounds very Chairman Stevie. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> well, this is a a weird Japanese game. 
one of my personal favorites from the Dreamcast era. It's a horror game where you are set loose in a uh, theme park where the challenge is to survive the attractions and get a bunch of money in return for your trouble. What? This sounds right up my alley. How this I is uh, Ill Bleed. Ill Bleed. Oh, Ill Bleed. Ill Bleed rules. Yeah, and so at one of the, the levels, I think it's level four or something like that, it's... Uh, you go into this haunted department store, which is haunted by the the ghost, or rather the monstrous body, of Donald Cashman. The sheer power of Cashman's hatred and his ruthless obsession with money brought him back to life as a horrible monster. He's still making products, but this time he breathes evil into them, turning the products into monsters themselves who suck up a customer's money and soul. Cashman's out there somewhere, waiting for the next customer as he secretly sits in a safe, counting his money. So this level, you are making your way through a department store, uh, which, you know, like grocery aisles, for example, with melons that can jump up and, and frighten you. Uh, there's like a toy section where you have to play hide-and-seek with this uh, demon doll that has a knife. But we'll play fair if you don't get found. Also, there's this guy. Uh, I am the cake from hell, <laughs> but I need something more to be a complete cake. A cake I'd be proud to be. I feel like the top of my head needs something glorious, or should I say, glorious to crown me. What do you have that I could wear as a decoration? Hmm? Yeah, the cake from hell is, uh, <laughs> is a bouncing cake, and uh, he wants you to find him a severed head to put on top of him. If, if you do that, then uh, he'll allow you to collect him as an item and eat him later on. Uh, it's it's a weird weird game. He's, he's like a meta brood witch. Yeah, but mm-hmm. almost like the for a long time, it just felt like the weird game. Yeah, and and I remember like I I played through it and I loved it, and then I got into an argument at work uh, when in the games radar days about whether it's supposed to be a horror game or a comedy game, and it's like, well, I guess it's kind of both, but like there are parts where I was genuinely like. You know, you, you get your adrenaline up playing a horror game. You're ready for something to jump out at you. There's tons of jump scares in that game. Right. But that, that but just it happens is... over the course of, like, waiting for something to happen in a game that's not incredibly yeah. well designed. Yeah. But it, it is uh, it's, it's so, so bizarre. And the way that you get through this is extra bizarre. Because when you get to Cashman, he is a literal money spider. So he's like, uh, imagine a spider, except that the body is like this skull-like face with these huge eyes that are looking all over the place. Mm. And there's money all over the place, and it's just eating the money with a giant mouth in the middle of this skull face. Uh, It will then jump around and and run around and try to charge at you and kill you. The, The way that you beat this boss... Is like I think out of all these, it's barely a boss at all because uh, you find a staircase made out of stacks of bills somewhere in a corner, and you climb it and you manage to get behind the scenes. One of the conceits of this game is like, yes, you're fighting monsters, but all these monsters are actually animatronics mm. that are controlled somewhere. So you walk into the control room and all of a sudden the operator's phone rings. Dude, what kind of idiot is calling me at this hour? Yeah, what do you want? I'm working here. Ooh, Jessica, it's you. No, 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 everything's fine. Huh? Work? <laughs> I'm not working. 
So he scoots away from his controls and, and just goes into a corner to talk to his girlfriend. And uh, you can run up and grab the controls and use them on the, the spider. Hmm. So then uh, you are, this is like a boss fight where you're in control of the boss, and what you do from that point is just to make it bash itself into walls repeatedly until it explodes, then the whole place catches fire and an emergency ladder comes down and you can make your escape. Jesus, dude. Yeah, it's it's a weird, <laughs> weird game. And then that that guy who was working, just talking to Jessica, burns down in the fire. Yeah, well, he, he he's he like turns around while he's on the phone. He's like, "Oh, what's going on? We need to save the visitor." Oh, someone oh opened the escape hatch. And then Turn. that man went on to found and start the Five Nights at Freddy's games. I was and literally going to make that he's joke. He's Purple Man. That man is Purple Man. I was gonna be like, and that oh little boy God. grew up to make fast beer pizza. Yes. Mm-hmm. It sounded. I mean, when you when you talk about going behind the scenes, and in, in, you know, you also talked about the cake boss. I was like, wait, is this Portal? Like, it's it's drawing the same inspiration. And then, yeah, going behind the scenes with the killer mechs. I was like, oh, well, that's that's very Five Nights. The, the cake is not alive. The cake is a fiend. <laughs> Nobody can resist the sun dried tomatoes of the brood witch. Yes, I got your brood witch. I got your Aquatine reference earlier. Yes, with the brood witch. That's that's been our top five. It's a pretty pretty short one. Yeah. But uh, Matt, you had some others that didn't didn't quite qualify, and I think I have a couple too. Yeah, I mean, the first I sent you, like when I think of these bosses on Piles of Treasure, we t- we talked about you know dragons and Smaug and these guys, but mm-hmm. uh, the the final boss from Dragon's Lair, the dragon there on that mound of treasure. There's there's yeah. few things more iconic in, in video games of the day than that dragon. You know? That's true. I think well, dragons and treasure hordes are very. Closely yeah, yeah, they are closely linked. But that mm-hmm. that would be a very you know for me one of the most iconic gaming scenes is is being in that treasure room and kind of seeing uh, all those always make me think of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride come to life because of the treasure room there, right? Mm. Um, so that was one. Before uh, we the other one, I, I swear I heard one of you guys playing Ducktales music, and I was expected it was Star Tropics. It was Star Tropics. <laughs> Yes, but that that's my next one I was just about to transition to, Chris, which I was going to mispronounce his name, so go ahead and say who you were thinking. DuckTales? What? Aztec head? Oh, were you thinking Flintheart Glumgold? Uh, yes, Flintheart yeah, yeah. Glumgold. Because I, I looked at him, and his, uh, maybe it's different in the remake, but in the original, when he shows up, it's not really a boss fight. It's just, he like grabs Great. Magicka Dispel's vulture legs, mm. and she flies him upward, and you have to race him up a rope to get to the treasure before he can grab it. Ah, well, they, okay. they made a new and level the- out of it, but there's no boss fight with Flintheart per se. It's just that, like, yeah. the DuckTales is, like, the best embodiment of greed and capitalism because your score is money. Yes. Right. It's, it's not it's so money. much about defeating bosses. that You're after treasures, and these bosses are in the fucking way. If you don't make enough money, you don't get a good ending. <laughs> exactly. That's that's the story of capitalism right exactly. there. And and then I think in, in DuckTales 2, he's actually a boss that you fight, but he turns into like a T-1000. Oh, sure. Why he's not? just like, yeah, liquid metal, turns into a blob, then like grabs the ceiling and like does like long extending kicks at you. But uh, yeah, that was that was. But, but not liquid gold. Like seems like a missed no, opportunity. No, no. Maybe liquid silver. I don't know. But. Trav, you were telling me about uh, in another Persona. There's the diamonds, right? That you oh have well, to fight. in um, in Persona in Persona Five, uh, one That's of the right. things that you can do because it's all about heist, right? So Persona Five is probably the one where you go after treasure and everything. But one of the souls that you find are like these little these little diamonds that you have to kind of fight. They take place of. Take the place of the gold hands that were in Persona 4. 
uh, where they're mm. very hard fights, but you use them and you use them to kind of craft stronger personas. And that would be hmm. would be kind of different. And also, um, wouldn't King Knight from Shovel Knight also count? I guess so. I, I got hung up on Treasure Knight and uh, look, looking at that, but he's uh, he's more of like a Bioshock Big Daddy. He just talks about treasure. Mm. Right. But it's, it's in his name. I mean, come on. It's hmm. Treasure Knight. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I thought of one that was sort of my joke answer, but but this is the real treasure boss is um, from Animal Crossing, Tom Nook. Yeah, <laughs> he you are constantly fighting crippling debt and compound interest, the two enemies of us all. Let's mm-hmm. be let's be honest, but he is the ultimate treasure boss. Yeah, and uh, and actually, I just thought of one. I think we were talking about it on last week's show. The diamonds in Grand Theft Auto Four are a character. Mm-hmm. They are the the, the main yeah. character, if you will. I mean, right? you don't you don't fight them, but you I fight mean, for but, them, but but all the events in the game yeah. sort of happen because of that, and all of the conflict in the game happens because of those diamonds, right? So if yeah. you think of, of a true definition of a villain, they sort of apply at that point, right? Yeah. And I, I was also thinking, like I, I was kind of right on the the line about whether I don't think it qualifies as a boss fight. Uh, there is an encounter in God of War, Ghost of Sparta, where you meet King Midas, uh, and he's just like this emaciated, miserable wretch that you, in a cave like sure. f- filled with lava, and you beat him up with a quick time event, and then uh, Kratos just like drags him through this cave, stopping to fight monsters or go through additional quick time events when he tries to fight back. And uh, then you just throw him into this lava waterfall to turn it to gold so that you can cross it. So you're just turning him into a bridge. Oh. Well, if he's not voiced by Rip Torn, I'm really not interested. No, he's he's voiced oh. by Fred oh. Tatasher. Oh. Uh, <laughs> were you doing the wrong Rip there, Chris? Oh. Were you doing... Uh, oh, Rip, Rip... You're doing Rip, Rip Taylor. Taylor. Oh. Rip Taylor. Oh. Don't get your oh. Rips confused. <laughs> oh. oh, I was talking about uh, Rip Torn, who plays Hephaestus in... in uh, uh, yeah. The, he's the, gi- the giant crafter, but... Hardy yeah, that's Mary right. Sanders yeah. show. Either way, they're both awesome. <laughs> yeah. Only one of them I have an impression of. But I just still love the fact that you can say Riptorn was in a God of War game. But he's no Midas. <laughs> no, he should, that, that would have been cool if they gotten him to be Midas. But, I mean, it's a PSP game. What are you going to do? Yeah, sure. You yeah. can afford Riptorn level talent in a PSP game. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Rip Taylor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rip Taylor. Is he still alive? I don't think so. No. What a shame. Well, that's been our top five. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go through some community answers, question of the week stuff, so stay tuned. I'd rather be shiny like a treasure from a sunken pirate wreck. Scrub the deck and make it look shiny. I will sparkle like a wealthy woman's neck. Just a sec, don't you know? Fish are dumb, dumb, dumb. They chase anything that good us. Beginners. Oh, and here they come, come, come to the brightest thing that glitters. Mm, fish dinner. Let's get scratching. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 302010. Here's a clip from 1998. <laughs> 
a little bit of news to kick off 1998. Uh, the, oh, the AFI releases its top 100 films list. My word. I remember when this happened. I think they did like a special, right? And I, yes. I watched it and I bought the magazine that went with it. I was it was uh, my, around my 61st birthday. <laughs> and this was like my summer. It's like every time I meet anyone else who's into movies, we got to start arguing about this shit and what shouldn't be on there and what should be higher. And blah, 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 blah. We're terrible. All right. So the top 10 uh, from 1998 from the American Film Institute, Citizen Kane number one, the Casablanca, Red. Godfather, Red. Gone with the Wind, Red. Lawrence of Arabia, Red. Wizard of Oz, Red. The Graduate. Throw it away. One of my big arguments on this one, though, just in the top 10, Lawrence of Arabia is only in there because it was made by American Money, but it's also on the British Film Institute's list, and I think that's where it belongs. Oh, is that why Never Ending Story is in the top 10? German financing. Yes, that's the only reason. <laughs> Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on lasertimepodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Five, four, three, two, one. And welcome back to our illustrious and talented final segment, Question of the Week. What was last week's Question of the Week? Last week's Question of the Week was what side character from video games would you like to see get their own game? Oh, yeah. Trav, you weren't here last week. Uh, do you have one? Wart. <laughs> uh, the, wart? <laughs> yes, Wart from... from I've, look, everyone wants Waluigi, and I get it, uh, because everyone, everyone's trolls. Uh, but Wart is a character that is a side character in a main Mario game, the main bad guy in the main Mario game that's never come back. And he should be like the Freddy Krueger of the Mario series in the Mario world. So, Wart. Wart yeah. should get his own game. Yeah, I agree. Wait, did he? I think he came back for something as like a... He's in... Uh, he's an Easter egg in uh, Link's Awakening. And that is it. Okay. Yeah. Huh. What a okay. disappointing end for him. Yeah, Wart would be great. Wart would, Wart would be a nice surprise villain mm-hmm. in a Mario game. Because at this point... We've done the Bowser thing so many times. Just make him even like a midway point, mid-boss. A a toad with a crown and a bathrobe. It's a very simple formula. (laughs) Stuck in the minds of millions of children. Wait, is is Wart just King K. Rool? Uh, There's some similarities there, but I don't think... uh, I think King K. Rool is like more of an alligator or a crocodile. That's true. He's a Kremlin... I can't think of him without thinking of the claymation version, though, mm. from from the cover of Nintendo Power. Like, that oh, yeah, yeah. forever ingrained in my mind. He was on there, right? He was on- yeah, yeah, he was yeah. on the very first uh, cover of Nintendo yeah, Power. Yeah. And that was his, uh, that was the high watermark of his fame. That was his 15 minutes. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if my 15 minutes was in Super Mario 2, that it could be worse, right? Yeah. So this would be Wart getting his own game? Like, would you be playing as him? Uh, yeah, I, I want you to play as him. You get vegetables and you can throw it at people. I haven't thought yes. it all the way okay. through yet. I, have, I don't have a design doc. I just have an idea. How about of this? Let's workshop this. So how about you burp back the vegetables that Mario and crew threw at you mm-hmm. in two? You burp. So he's sort of like a Waluigi or a, a Wario character. He's like the rude and crude. Yeah. He's going to be burping back these vegetables. Maybe. He could he could do the Wario platformers that we no longer get. Mm-hmm. They're just the wart platform. Yeah. Maybe the first level could be him burping back the vegetables at Mario and crew at the end of Super Mario Brothers 2, and Wart wins, creating an alternate timeline mm-hmm. uh, yes. where he goes on his own adventures and mm-hmm. conquers not only Dreamland but the Mushroom Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, then Nintendo has an excuse to put out another guide to these disparate timelines, which some people claim that Mario already has. Ah, There's like no Zelda way Mario style. has it. 
There's no way Mario has an actual timeline. Yeah, no. Every <laughs> game is just a self-contained micro-universe that follows right. sometime after the first game. It's the first game, and then there's a play, and then Mario's dreaming, and then they're in space for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> but then we don't have the bad timeline where Mario never wakes up. It's, uh... <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, Tyler Watson was the first to answer on Facebook, saying, I want Morgana from Persona 5 to have a game in the same vein as Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. You can guide him through different palaces to steal people's treasures while avoiding battles with shadows. Hmm. Juan Ramon Umania says, uh, Playing Mass Effect Andromeda, it occurred to me I should it should have been about the first contact war. Humans reach space and enter in conflict, conflict with the Turians. And taking a page from Near Automata, you have three playthroughs. Uh, number one with Colonel Anderson, Keith Motherfucking David, as straightforward as a soldier during that war. His playthrough ends and you go to Route 2 with Saren from the point of view of the Turians and his more stealth-based playthrough. And then B, or, or I'm sorry, inside B, and finally a Route C that is Kaylee Sanders, the head of the Biotic Academy in, in ME3, who is the last bit of the war and the one on between, and the one on between the whole war. Sure. Yeah. How is Babby for <laughs> That would be a lot. That's a lot of Mass Effect. That's a lot. Of, uh... That is a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> All right. Uh, Justin, Justin D. Cole says, with Konami searching for new ways to make money off of Metal Gear, I think the answer is to give spinoffs to any character. Maybe a downloadable skin to put any Johnny character. Sasaki into Don't Shit Your Pants or a visual novel starring <laughs> Otacon. Or maybe front mission style game with featuring different Met Gear, Metal Gears. Whoa, Metal Gears. Um, anything other than just teasing us with another Pachinko machine? Well, how about this? How about you get Raiden, and you get him in a in a cyber ninja suit, and he mm. can he can chop mechs in half, and we would call it Revengeance. I don't think that'll work, but I nope, do think no, no, <laughs> no way in hell that'll sell. Huh? Damn it! Oh. I do think a uh, a Metroid. Style game starring Meryl. I think that's where your money's at. Mm. Meryl Streep? Uh, Meryl from Metal Gear, not Meryl Streep. Oh, you mean who? Who? Meryl? 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 Meryl Gear? Daniel Peckham says, As much as I love playing the recent Wolfenstein games, BJ kind of graded on me after a while. I'd love to see the hard-drinking, mecha-armed Fergus get his own spin-off game. I don't necessarily see it as an FPS, but more of a return to id Software's early Commander Keen titles. A side-scrolling platformer. The basic premise, Fergus, along with Max Haas, Bombate, and Sigrun, breaks off from BJ's group and travels home to Scotland to liberate Fergus's homeland from the vile Nazi regime. Each character has their strengths, Max Haas is a tank, Bombate is the shooter, and Sigrun the infiltrator. But Fergus runs the show, using his knowledge of Scotland and his robot arm to take down Nazis. In certain areas, Fergus can even detach the robo-arm and control it remotely for stealth missions. I like that. And that, well, seeing how the next Wolfenstein is sort of a spin-off with side characters, it's it's his twin kids. Oh, yeah. That's the one they yeah, announced that's true. So, But I'd, I'd be curious. I, I feel like most people that I hear from played through the Fergus timeline and not the uh, Probst-Wyatt timeline. Right. But the Wyatt timeline seems really, really entertaining because I guess uh, it replaced... One of the characters, uh, side characters in the first game is Jimi Hendrix, who's just known as Jay and yep. always wears a mask. Yep. And then uh, I guess Wyatt has some sort of 
drug problem in the sequel where he keeps seeing like these uh, little cartoon lizards. He was the one in the trailer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I played through the Fergus as well because yeah, I did not get the Jimi Hendrix stuff. And everyone, I remember like Giant Bomb talking about it and I was like, what are they, what Jimi Hendrix stuff? Like I would have mm-hmm. seen this. Well, from the Twitter, uh, from responses at VG, at VG Apocalypse, uh, I ran a poll uh, with R5 from last week, and it seemed like the u- users, for the most part, pretty much agreed with our order. So, uh, in terms of their favorite side characters to get games, Yoshi was number one with 52% of the vote. Uh, Zero came in at second, just like on our poll, but he only got 22% of the vote, barely edging out Miles... I just did this unintentionally. Edging out Miles Edgeworth at number three at 20%. Literally, like, no pun intended. Uh, And then, of course, because Twitter makes us have four options, we had to split options four and five. So Firebrand and Daxter came in with just 6% of the vote. So they came in with some, um, I don't know, Ross Perot numbers there. Uh, So, but the first response there... uh, at KTH Dream says, You play as Mr. Rossetti, the muscle for the Don Tom Nook with the heart of gold. Animal Cross Kuza. <laughs> I just like that. Is it just going like to be a game Portmanto. of... Is this a game of like different Animal Crossing characters betraying you for real estate issues? <laughs> well, and Mr. Rossetti, you know, he is in the underground, right? He's... He is. Absolutely. He has, an orphan, he has an orphan land of different animals. Uh, Gore Snorts on Twitter says, uh, Muscular Chef from Muscular World. How do you get so fucking jacked? Where do you pick up his prodigious cooking skills? How is he the best character in the game? I must know. Hashtag waifu. I don't know. <laughs> okay. if, I don't know if the chef would be a waifu. He is definitely He's a badass more of a cat. Husbando, as yeah. you say. Um, but yeah, he is a badass cat and he has an awesome scar, so there's a story there. I don't know what it is. Hmm. Probably just another cat scratched his eye. Yeah. <laughs> He did a bunch of push-ups to if get my, really strong. If yeah. my cat's an indication, it was just a cat scratched your face when you mm-hmm. tried to get too close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mighty Number B says, While I'm not very far in the game, I'd have to say that I'd like to see a stealth puzzle game starring Teddy from Persona 4 Golden. He seems like the kind of character that could sneak around to help free people who've been thrown into his world. Hmm. At Ray Kobe says... I would love to play a game with the alternate characters from Castlevania 3 a la Bloodstained. I love that game and always felt those characters deserved more spotlight. And the reason I chose this is because weren't we just talking about Bloodstained uh, with this top five? And so it kind of seemed appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, This is from the website under the Vision Game Apocalypse uh, post. Friend of DeSoto says, I would love to play as Akira Nishika... Nishikiyama. Nishi, there we go. That word. It is on Yakuza game, especially to, in a sequel to Zero. This is this is the very first game in the series, so along with Kiwami and Zero fleshed out what Kiryu's blood brother was all about as he rose to the top of the Tojo clan. Considering how the series is all about Goody Two-Shoes Ki, Kiryu, wow, and his attempt to defuse whatever chaotic situation is going on, Maybe it's time for Sega to release a game that falls in line with something Western developers do, create an anti-hero game chock full of crime and possibly heinous uh, actions. Hey, we all had to play as Trevor. Now, I don't don't like this idea, only because that was the whole point of the Yakuza games. It was like, we have to make a game that it's about a redemption. They couldn't, we are not going to glorify what the badness is, so I don't 
Mm-hmm. I don't like the idea of kind of just like saying, oh, but we are going to go ahead and turn around and glorify it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I, I, see, I can see both arguments because Yakuza is very strange to me in that it's a crime game, but it's a crime game where you don't actually commit any crimes, mm-hmm. except you, you beat up people who are also committing crimes. Yeah, lesser uh, crimes usually, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, hey, you just stole that packet of tissues from that lady, and there are not enough packets of tissues to go around in Kamaru Cho. <laughs> you just cut in front of line, in front of the line in front of me at the batting cages. I must beat you up now. Yeah. And it's, it's really more like, hey, you're not supposed to cut in line. Oh, yeah? Who the hell are you? I'm going to kick your ass, guy who's twice my size. Look, this is just all continuations of the Shenmue universe. So this yeah. is what yeah. would happen really in Shenmue. Is, yeah. yes. Brandon Fraser says... As much as I would like to see Waluigi get his own game, I can't imagine it being anything except a Grand Theft Auto-like game. Take one look at that MFR and tell me he wouldn't break a kneecap or shove a screwdriver under a fingernail, just causing any kind of chaos to the Mushroom Kingdom or wherever, whether because he was paid to do it or just because he's flippin' insane! Wah! Mr. Eyeballs, <laughs> I'd screw you right in your eyeball. <laughs> But he couldn't talk. That's the thing. He would interrogate people, yeah. but he could only say "why," and they wouldn't know what he's. No, he does. Wah, he does wah, talk. Wah, that, wah, that, wah. that Mr. Eyeball <laughs> thing is like that's a he canonically talks. It's in um, it's in the the GameCube tennis game. Um, he really? he he. That's where the Mr. Eyeballs comes from. He he that's has right. talked. He he does talk. Hmm. He, he talks crazy talk, Mr. Eyeballs. Come on, yeah. Uh, Injo Fluffer 69 says, Ever since I was a kid, I desperately wanted a game starring Gunstar Green. His crazy vehicle, the Seven Force, could make for such interesting gameplay scenarios. Throw him in an action RPG with upgrades that allow for the various vehicle transformations, which could even open new areas of the map. A second player, because Gunstar needs co-op, could control Gunstar Yellow. Being the mechanic support character in the first game, it isn't hard to imagine her building a vehicle to rival the Seven Force. Hannah Barbarian says... I want a KK, KK Slider rhythm game, like an Animal Crossing factors, like like an Animal Crossing factors, like weather, time, and date could modify the in the core gaming. Hold on, I'm just gonna read that back. I want a KK Slider rhythm game, like an Animal Crossing factors, like an Animal Crossing factors, like weather, time, and date could modify the core gameplay to give it some variety and make it stand out from other rhythm games. Mm, and you can only play it Saturday nights at 8 p.m. Yes. <laughs> In a coffee shop. But it's all going to be super great, and that dog is awesome. Oh, I love KK Slider. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, we have a couple of uh, video answers. The first is from RedRock963. Hey, VGA, it's RedRock963 and my buddy Ozzy, who clearly wants his toy thrown for him. Hey, Ozzy. And as for my spinoff game with a side character, I think it's time that Moogles got their due. Because I know Chocobos are the Final Fantasy mascot, but hey, Moogles are the mascot too. And personally, I think like a Moogle town building game with some Pikmin stuff would be awesome. And yeah, I I love Moogles. What do you think, Ozzy? Yeah, Ozzy wants Moogles too. Anyway, have a good one, guys. The Moogle ever gotten it? It had to have by now. There has to be some side Final Fantasy game starring a Moogle, right? Uh, I feel like. Well, I mean, do you count the tactics games? Because they did play a pretty big role in those. Yeah, absolutely. But counts. like, yeah, I, 
And I think Chocobo's Mysterious Dungeon, uh, and or the the Chocobo spin-off games, they were they were big in that. Mm, okay, but yeah, like it's just one of those. Yeah, they've always been there. But Red Rock's right; it'd be great to maybe maybe one of the core RPGs to star a Moogle-like character. Because other than was was it seven or eight had the Moogle character that you met? Uh, it was like the little cat on top of the Moogle. Oh, Kate Kate Sith was Kate in Sith. seven. Seven, thank you. Yeah. yeah, which I had friends who insisted it was pronounced Kite She, which might be true, but that seems ridiculous to me. I, all that matters to me is how I read it in my head while playing mm-hmm. the game back then, and it was absolutely yeah. Kate Sith. Yeah, Kate Sith. <laughs> you know, Kate of the Sith. Yes, <laughs> Sith Lord Kate. There can only be two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have another uh, video response from Jason M. Cole, Gallatin Carhart. Good afternoon, VGA. This is Gallatin Carhartt here. I took a little break from sweating on the farm this beautiful Saturday, doing some chainsawing and whatnot. Uh, play a little, eat a little peanut butter and jelly real quick, and then uh, play some Overwatch for a lunch break. Now I'm back at it, energized. Anyways, first off, before I begin this, begin this week's question of the week, I do want to say... Big ol' happy birthday shout-out to Diana. Uh, Mr. Rapares is uh, better half. Thanks on her anyway. behalf. So, happy birthday to Diana. The most knowledgeable movie individual in the world. There's other knowledge that she has, but I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> by movies, especially by far. So, there's that. Happy birthday. Uh, next question of the week which side character would make a good lead character, etc., etc., in their own game? And I'm going to tell you, my thought is quite simple. I love Mass Effect. I love the first Mass Effect. I played Andromeda. I put like 15 hours into it and really wanted to try to like it, but I just, I just couldn't. And it was just, I don't know. So here's what my thought would be, that they go ahead and start back into Mass Effect again, but this time your lead character is Miranda, okay? Now, one, she was kind of foxy. That's not the most important, but that's important. She was kind of foxy. Two, it ties you into the old universe. She's become a captain somehow, some way. She's genetically enhanced. Um, much like the original captain, male Shepard, that's the captain. That's my captain. <laughs> much like Jean-Luc Picard, male Shepard's my, my uh, captain. Anyways, uh, but it ties... Bring a couple old characters in, but don't don't make it so much old. Make it a new a new deal, new story, new etc. Miranda, I think she'd be awesome. That's my thoughts. Y'all take it easy. Talk to you later. Bye. Male Shepherd. You should have seen Michael and I. We looked across the table. Our gazes met. We both just nodded no in disdain. Like no. Yeah, I thought it's it was all about I thought player it was, choice. I thought it was canonically Feb Shep. I thought it was like they canonically in Andromeda. It was Feb Shep. Always. I know they, they use male Shepherd more in the commercials, mm-hmm. but uh, hey, each to the their boxes. own, Gallatin yeah. Carhartt. We're not going to judge you for that. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I, will, although, I, I don't think I've ever told you. Whenever I played through Paragon, I would do male Shep, mm-hmm. and then when I played through the evil way, I, it was Fem Shep for some reason. Oh. It was just always like... I enjoy like, her. So, somehow I associate women more with evil. No, that is, is that not it? what it was about. It was just more badass when she was like super evil. and Women weird. have hurt me in my life, and I blame all women for this. God, I'm just going to stop talking right now. 
I'm, I'm just joking. Saying, I had fun with it <laughs> and played both. I was an equal opportunity shep- sheep herder. Sheep herd. Shepherder. Shepherder. All right. So, new question of the week, uh, suggested by Matt just now. What is your favorite currency in a game? Building off of this money treasure boss theme, what's a, a type of coin or just collectible thing that has value that you can trade for other things in a game world? Do you like? You, do, are you a fan of Gil, for example? Mm. Uh, I'm a big fan of Florins from Assassin's Creed 2, oh. mainly because uh, not only can you steal them from people's purses, but you can throw them on the ground to distract people. Yes. Yeah. And uh, that that was always, I thought, a really cool mechanic. It's like, oh, here's ten bucks of money, uh, just throw it on the ground and people stop guards from chasing me. Yeah, absolutely. Play on that greed factor, right? Yeah, Which ties exactly. Into this episode, weaponized greed. I have always been partial to the idea of bottle caps from the Fallout games. Oh, nice. I just nice. there's something about the sound it makes too when you collect the bottle caps or when you spend them. Like it just it has that sort of like popping a bottle sound, and mm-hmm. it was just it was yeah, it just it was great to me and always super imaginative. That okay, yes, we don't have currency, we don't have money. What's something we could easily trade? And what's something that's readily available? And because Nuka-Cola features so prominently in that universe, it's like, well, let's just do bottle caps. So to me, that was always sort of a fun and clever version of currency. It's also like, have you ever seen 10,000 bottle caps? Do you know? Can you imagine (laughs) carrying that across a wasteland? Well, I've I've seen like images of people saying, yes, if your Fallout or uh, Elder Scrolls character actually look like all the things that they were able to carry and they mm-hmm. basically they're just a walking rv at that yeah. point yeah. but didn't didn't somebody send like that many bottle caps to bethesda and got a free got a game off of that got impossible uh, four? Oh, perhaps i think it, there was also wasn't there a side quest in one of the fallouts it might have been four. it reminded me a lot of the tootsie pop the the star on the rapper contest where if you got a certain bottle cap mm-hmm. you got to win a prize and like go see their factory or something like that i always at least that's what it made me think of when was, I played that. Was the star a real contest, or was that just an urban myth? It was myth? always an urban myth. Uh, so I, it was always an urban... I, I do remember that. I remember that. I think there's something also with Blow Pops. I don't know. Uh, that was, was a long time one? ago. Hmm. I, that was such a long time ago. I don't know. Um, so, on mine, I like rare games. I like rare collectathons. I'm not a huge fan of Donkey Kong uh, 64, except... I love the different colored banana as currency. So for each different Kong, you had a different colored banana that you had to mm-hmm. collect, and you use that currency to unlock levels. And I, I really thought that was... It gave you a, a reason to explore these different levels with different characters. Um, that wasn't just like, oh, collecting all this stuff. Like It was still a collect-a-thon, but I don't know. I always thought, those were really, I thought that was a really fun currency to collect. Yeah, that's that is that is true, and you have to wonder like, are, are bananas in Donkey Kong's world non-perishable? Like, do they <laughs> do they just last forever? Because like he's sitting on like huge hordes of them in those games. That's true. And, yeah, that's true. And yeah. yeah, I think yeah, Mario's coins deserve some recognition too. I'm sorry, those are I, just awesome. I was curious, so I had to look this up. So the the rapper thing, uh-huh. it has always been an urban myth. Okay, but there is a little bit of a mixed thing because at one point the Tootsie Roll Industries was getting so many letters about the thing that they developed a special letter uh, expressing their regret to prize seekers. And in 1982, they they created they called it the Legend of the Indian Rapper, which is so problematic now. Mm. <laughs> that accompanied their letters saying, with the hope that your liking for a good story would help assuage the, your disappointment in not getting a free candy. So yeah. you never did get a free Tootsie Pop, but 
as of 1982, for a while there, you could get an offensive letter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, Tootsie Rolls are made out of, like, what, wax? Just send them one. <laughs> They're 25 cents. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> a stamp costs more. But it was like a third of the rappers had those. Yeah, so that's that would, true. That'd be that's a true. quick way to go out of business. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> what's your favorite currency? Let us know. Uh, hit us up on the Facebook community, uh, official Laser Time Facebook community. There uh, there'll be a thread started there. Or you can answer under the comments for Vigigame Apocalypse episode 274 at vigigameapocalypse.com. Or you can answer us on Twitter, uh, send it to at VGApocalypse. And maybe we'll read it not on next week because we're recording stuff in advance while a couple of us go on vacation. But the week after, we'll get to your answers. Anyway, that's been our show. Let's go with some plugs. Travis, uh, where can people hear more of you? Sure, you can hear more of me on at pnbcast.com. And you can sign up for our Patreon at patreon.com slash pnb. Help us make fun shows. We do an anime show. We talk about Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, we do a, a regular weekly podcast that's tangentially about video games. And we're getting ready to start a... Just like you guys, we're getting ready to start an actual play podcast about a space RPG I've been dying to play. So go over to that Patreon. Kick us three bucks. Listen to a lot of shows. Awesome. And Matt, you want to do the heavy lifting for Patreon? Sure, yeah. Well, if you want to follow me personally, I'm on Twitter at Maddie C. Allen, and that's Maddie with a Y. Um, but uh, right now, we just revamped the Laser Time Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash laser time and kick us a few bucks, you can help us reach our goal. And actually, the next goal that we want to hit and we're about to hit unlocks not one, not two, but three new VGA-centric shows. So it will unlock an extended monthly community show where we get to read more of your answers, feature more of your videos. Uh, it will unlock um, an all-new show idea Michael had, which is a lot of us getting on mic and playing D&D, many of us for the first time. Mm-hmm. By the way, I think I'm the only one that has newer D&D experience on this one. Uh, and then it also unlocks spoiler casts, just like Michael and I did for God of War earlier this year. Uh, we will take a game and play it and then go through it and not just talk about the story. We're going to talk about gameplay. We're going to talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, a little bit about the history if it's in a franchise. So it's a huge deep dive. I think the God of War one was almost two hours, something like that, of just us talking about this game. So mm-hmm. it's really your chance to hear kind of what our thoughts are on these games. Don't know why that would interest you, but sure, why not? So again, that's at patreon.com slash laser time. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or me personally at Wikiparas. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's been our show. We'll see you next week. Can you guys talk? I can't. Chris or yeah. Trav either? Yeah. Oh, I hear- Can you guys not hear okay. the thunder? In- it- no. <laughs> Jesus. Dude. The, the good Lord is against us recording this. Yeah. Dude, thunder. Florida might as well just be underwater no, that was, at this that point. Was, no, that's, that was just me making an entrance. I don't know why you guys are taking it so literally. Oh, uh, okay. No. no, no. But for real, it's like a giant thunderclap is happening every four seconds. Now we don't hear this, this takes it all. Yeah. used to.
yeah, that that happened to me earlier today. Um, but I'm also used to it, so it is just Florida. It should... I guess that's something you don't really think about when you're like, I'm going to move my podcasting operations back home. It's like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. home happens to be. Yeah, like... there's weather there. I mean, yeah. I'm guaranteed to lose power. I'm going to lose power. I'll try and let you know when it happens. Okay. okay. I don't know how I'll do that. 